Uh, is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, Hey, um, hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name's Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Season five of this show is all about the seven steps to sell like you. Is that too many numbers? Am I throwing too many things around? Step one was to know yourself, and I spent the last handful of episodes kind of peeling back that concept for you so you can understand that there's more to know than what's on the surface. you got to dig a little bit deeper to really appreciate what you have to offer, what your company provides, and really what your unique value proposition is or what your unique selling proposition is. Step two is to know your best customers. And not just any customer, your best customers. So over the next couple of episodes, we're going to talk about what that means. We're going to talk about the importance, and we're also going to go into a couple of exercises that are going to help you understand your best customers on a deeper level. Now, this is something you may have taken for granted. You, you may have thought, well, look, I work for an established company. I've got product market fit. Um, they told me who to go call on. This is who I'm going to call on. Okay, yeah, that's, that's fine. And some of you may be working in a startup environment where product market fit isn't quite there yet. Some of you might be entrepreneurs or professional service providers who think you know who you should be talking to, but you feel like you can help everybody, which makes it really hard to help anybody well. And so what I want to do is help you start thinking a couple of levels deeper about what your best customers look like, what they sound like, how they are feeling, how they're thinking. And, and that's what I'm going to help you go through here. Okay, but I want you to get a better feel for who your best customers are and what your, who, who might be a good customer going forward. This is important work to do. Now go back to one of my favorite quotes ever from Seth Godin, who's one of my favorite people ever. And he says, sell nuts to squirrels. Stop trying to convince dolphins that nuts are delicious. And it's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of fun. It's, it makes you smile, right? But there's a ton of truth there. You know the kind of people who are going to resonate with your solution, right? With, with what you sell. You should know. If you don't know, it makes it hard to sell effectively to anybody. And, you know, trying to convince a dolphin, if any of you has ever tried to reason with another animal, particularly one that doesn't speak English, hell, the ones who speak English are hard enough to reason with. Like, don't make it any more complicated than it needs to be. 
So if you do this kind of work ahead of time, if you put in the work ahead of time, you will find the selling part to be much easier. So I want to go to, I want to point you to uh, the Prospect Like a Pro workbook that I mentioned last week. It is available for download. Go to jeffbajorek.com forward slash tools. Um, jeffbajorek.com forward slash resources also works. Um, they redirect to the same page. Download that workbook because there are some great exercises there that will help you understand who you should be talking to. And on page seven of that workbook, I've got three questions that I want to ask you. Once you know who, you, you, once you know who you, your squirrels are, rather, why would they buy from you? Why wouldn't they buy from you? And what emotional state are they in? What are the emotions that will drive a decision for them? And I want to dig into each one of those um, I want to dig into each one of those uh, questions here. I'll spend a minute or so on each one because I think these are really important. Not very many people will dig into the, the actual motives behind the decision. And that is one of the things that has always uh, helped me and quite frankly has separated my ability to sell from a lot of my peers is that I go a couple of levels deeper. I'm not just thinking about how great my product is. I'm not just thinking about where my prospect is in their buying decision. I'm actually thinking about what their goals are. I'm thinking about what their motivation is and where that comes from. I'm trying to align my best interests with their best interests, not just trying to move the ball across the goal line. I'm not just trying to get a product sold, trying to help them solve a problem. So if I can put myself in their shoes, if I can teach myself what I need to know to have real empathy, understand their situation, understand where they're trying to move from, understand where they're going, well, now I can put myself in their shoes use my own decision-making skills, my own problem-solving skills to help them see some of the things that they can't see because I have a different perspective and a different set of experiences. This is really, really powerful. And I want you to consider uh, how well you do that or how aware you are that you need to do that, particularly in a complex B2B selling environment. So who are the people that you can help? Why would they buy? Why would they buy from you? Why would they buy from someone else? But what are their motives? And, you know, if we go back a couple of episodes, I gave you the what is your why um, set of questions, the exercise that I do. In season one, I spent seven whole episodes on it. Episode two of season five, I kind of revisited that a little bit. But why do you believe in your company? Why do you believe in what you sell? Why do you believe in yourself? Why do you believe your customer is better off working with you than anybody else? Question number five was a trick question, if you remember. It was, why do your best customers buy from you? And it's a trick question because if you haven't asked, you don't know. And I'll bet 5% of you know because you've asked. About 15 more percent of you know because, well, you're pretty intuitive and you pay attention. But 80% of you would be shocked to find out what those answers are. And in next week's episode, I'm actually going to give you the framework to have that conversation. So hang tight if you don't know. But if you do know, this is... A direct. I mean, if, if we're working on these uh, worksheets together at the same time, then I would copy and paste what you know about why your best customers buy from you. 
I'd paste that right to the top of this worksheet, why your best customers would buy from you, right? We obviously want that to be as close to a one-to-one -one transference as possible. So this is the easiest one to fill out if you've done the work up until now. But the next question is, why wouldn't they buy from you? This is an important stance to take because you need to be able to empathize. You need to be able to be, or you need to be aware of the competitive factors in your environment. Maybe they have a current solution in place. Maybe there's a great relationship with a competitor of yours. Maybe they have no money because the industry that they're in has just beaten them up, chewed them up, spat them out. There could be any number of factors that are working against you and your solution in this environment. I think it's better for you to know what it is or what they are. I think it's much uh, you know, easier for you to craft an approach if you know all the factors versus flying blind. So why aren't you spending more time thinking about why? they're not going to buy from you or why they wouldn't buy from you. And actually, my little slip there uh, leads me to an important point. These are the factors you have to be aware of so you can work around them. But these are not meant to build a case for why you cannot make this sell or why you cannot make this sale, why you cannot sell to them. Uh, these are just things you need to be aware of. This is the landscape that you're selling in. Be careful not to lose all that belief that I've been helping you uh, instill and refine. Be careful not to lose all of that because you're creating the case for why they may choose to do something else. Don't let that get away from you. It's important to know, but it's important that you don't give it too much power. Remember, you are capable of making these sales. And a lot of times, the environments are very similar. You compete against the same companies. You're trying to solve the same problems over and over again. But the more aware of this stuff you are, the better you'll be able to maneuver around it, to be aware of it, and uh, really to be able to counteract it. So think about this stuff, right? And, and like, I think you'll be impressed. I think you'll be surprised at um, really how much clearer of a picture you get of how you can help by being aware of all these things. The last question I've asked you on this sheet, and it's again, page seven in the Prospect Like a Pro workbook, is what are the emotions that would drive this decision? I'm trying to understand what someone's motives are. What is what, what are the reasons that they are even in a position to solve these problems? What are they trying to accomplish as a result? And what are the emotions that go along with that? Are they frustrated? Are they sad? Are they overwhelmed, right? Are they just stuck? What would happen if they got through? Would they, if they got through this problem, what would happen if they solved this problem? Would they be elated? Would they be happy? Would they be inspired? Would they be in awe of the potential that they just realized they had? What happens when they win, right? Where are, what are their emotions, right now because of the problem that is in front of them and what would their emotions be when they won would they be relieved not enough is discussed around emotion i think um you know look it's it's a truth it's one of the rules that people buy emotionally and then justify logically we tend to forget this 
salespeople tend to be so product centric, so solution oriented that they want to jump right into a pitch about why they're so good instead of getting into the emotional state that the prospect is in and the emotional state the prospect wants to achieve. You can create that emotion and that emotion is what will help your prospect make the decision. You can't really create the emotion, but you can expose the emotion. You can discover and, and uncover you know, that, that emotion. That's what the seller needs to do. If you're skipping that, you're jumping right to logic. And I've got an episode for later this season that is going to go much deeper into this. And if you want to go back to the blog, it's already out there. It's the about the difference between COI and ROI, the cost of inaction versus return on investment. These are important concepts to remember. So I'm going to save my in-depth discussion for later this season. But you just need to know that people buy emotionally first then justify logically later. And chances are, especially if you're leading with a solution, particularly with no context into why that solution is going to be so valid, you're trying to bring logic in too soon. You're skipping the emotional part. Don't do that. So start thinking now about the emotions. How and, and, and understand as you write, as you think, understand how much additional clarity you get. It's like the light bulb goes on over your head. And, you know, now it's like, oh, my gosh. And you're starting to paint this picture of where your prospect is right now. And when you know where they are right now and you know where they want to be, the more clear your picture, the simpler it will be for you to illustrate their journey, not just to yourself, but ultimately to them. So. These are the things I want you to think about, okay? And, and look, next week, we're getting right into it. I'm going to give you a conversational framework for how to learn exactly why your best customers buy from you. It is going to lead to you not only deepening your relationships, getting way better messaging and marketing, but also making it easier for you to grow your business because you'll have uh, earned the right to ask for referrals and introductions. So uh, that's what I'm going to be talking about next week. Now, I really appreciate you spending this time with me the last 15 minutes or so. Um, I really enjoy doing this podcast and I'm just thrilled that you like listening to it. So thank you for spending this time with me. You have a lot of options. Um, we're, we've got just so much more to cover. Uh, the more I record these episodes, the more excited I get about where we're going this season. So thanks again for being here and I will talk to you again very soon. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.